My name is Rick Renner and today I'm in Moscow standing in a very historical location. This is the Novospassky Monastery which was constructed in the 14th century. Moscow was already 300 years old when this building was constructed. It was a place where religious workers worked, where people came to worship, and it was a very historical place in Russia, even in the 14th century. Many notable people, including Romanovs, were buried behind these walls. But finally, in 1917, the Bolshevik Revolution took place. You may call that the Russian Revolution. The Bolsheviks did not believe in God. In fact, they were atheists and they were anti-religion. So all places of religion were closed and religious workers were executed. And when this place had been vacated and the religious workers had been executed, it was turned into one of the first shooting monasteries in Moscow. You say, what is a shooting monastery? Well, basically it was a concentration camp. This place where people once came to worship God was turned into a concentration camp because no one on the outside could see what was happening behind these walls. But behind these walls, People were tortured for their faith. If they had a different political idea, they were incarcerated here, and eventually it became a place of mass executions, horrible torture and horrible oppression until 1991. And in 1991, God moved in Russia and everything gloriously changed, and God began to pour out his spirit. And from that time until now, it has once again become a working monastery. But for many years, this really was a place of oppression. What about oppressed people today? They may not be living behind the walls of a concentration camp, but you may know someone that is oppressed. They don't even know why they're oppressed. They can't figure out what is wrong with them. You see them, you know they need to be set free. How do you heal people that are oppressed? That is what I'm gonna to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust. A message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and I want to say thank you for letting me come right into your space. Today, we're going to see an extreme case of oppression in the Gospels. It is amazing. We're going to look at a man that was severely oppressed, and if he could be set free, Anybody can be set free, including you or anybody that you know. You just have to be determined to pull down every stronghold and quit believing those lying imaginations. I'm speaking to you from my series right now called Healing the Mind and Emotions of the Oppressed. You know, the mind and the emotions are such a gift from God if they're working right. But if they've been taken hostage by the devil, Wow, they can really work against us. That's why we have to know how to heal the mind and to set the emotions free. And my friends, if you're struggling in your mind or your emotions, you can be healed, you can be delivered, or anyone that you know and love. Order this series today. You need to hear it and hear it and hear it. And by the way, it comes with a study guide that goes with it. It is just powerful. We're also offering you right now my book's called Sparkling Gems from the Greek, Volume 1, and Sparkling Gems from the Greek, Volume 2. These are enormous books. It's really a good buy. But I'm telling you, my friends, they are loaded. They are loaded with insight and divine revelation. Every one of these books has more than 1,000 Greek word studies. 
Can you imagine that all in one book? And it's so easy to understand because I've written it in a very simple way. I take verses from the New Testament. I begin to open them out, walk you into the New Testament so you can understand it in a brand new way. It is a daily devotional, so you don't have to read the whole book at once. It's just a little bit every day with questions for you to consider, even gives you prayers to pray, and it comes with an index in the back of the book that gives you all the Greek words and all the references which we cover in both of these volumes. So order your copies today. And if you're not a partner, please pray about becoming a partner with our ministry. When you become a financial partner, we immediately send you a package of books as our gift is our way of saying thank you for initiating a partnership relationship with our ministry. But today, just before I came in here to teach this program, I was thinking about Psalm 119, verse 18. It says, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. And that's what I pray today. I pray that the Spirit of God will open your eyes and open my eyes so we can see wondrous things in the Bible today. My friend, the Bible is wonderful. It is full of the power of God. If you'll hear it and hear it and hear it and embrace it, it will release wondrous and powerful things in your life. But today, we're going to go to our subject and we're going to see how to be set free from oppression. We've already seen what is oppression. We've seen the various levels of oppression. We've seen how to demolish oppression, how to demolish strongholds. And today I'm going to give you an example in the Bible. If anyone could not have been set free, it would have been this man. But this man wanted to be set free. And because he wanted to be set free, he was set free. If you want to be free, you can be free. You say, well, Rick, what is the example? We're going to go to Mark chapter 5. So do you have your Bible? Open your Bible to Mark chapter 5, verse 1, where the Bible says, And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. It's talking about Jesus and his disciples. Listen to verse 2. And when Jesus was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Verse 3, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. This is probably the most extreme case of oppression that is recorded in the New Testament. And when you come to verse 2, verse 2 tells us a lot about this man. It says, when he was come out of the ship, speaking of Jesus, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. When the Bible says immediately, it is a Greek word which means without delay, immediately Jesus got out of the boat and this man charged out of the tombs. In fact, the Bible says there met him, the word met is a Greek word which usually denotes a hostile meeting. There met him out of the tombs, the word out is a Greek word ek, which means he made an exit right out of the tombs this man was living among tombs. And the Bible says he had an unclean spirit. The Greek literally says he was in the grip or he was in the control of an unclean spirit. He didn't have a spirit. The spirit had him. This was a man that was seized with oppression. What began as a stronghold became possession. He is literally in the grip. He is in the control of an unclean spirit. Even the word unclean is important because this word unclean describes something unclean, impure, lewd, filthy, foul. It's describing the nature of evil spirits. They're lewd, they're vile, they're filthy, they're foul. This was really a foul, foul, filthy spirit. And this man was in the grip of that spirit. Some people believe that this may 
insinuate that this man had played with wrong thoughts, unclean thoughts, which opened a door for this oppression that came into his life. Verse 3 says he had his dwelling among the tombs. The word dwelling literally means to be housed among. He was living among tombs. This man was closer to death than he was to life. Thoughts of death were on his mind. Those thoughts of death begin to seize him. They begin to fill his mind until he was no longer living in his house. And by the way, this chapter tells us he did have a house. When he was set free, he went home to his house. But he had left his house. He was living in the vicinity of death. Death was on his mind, and he was literally housed among the tombs. And the Bible says no man could bind him. No, not with chains. The word bind, the Greek word deo, which means to bind or to incarcerate. The word chains is a Greek word which describes chains or handcuffs for the hands or for the wrists. And when you come to verse 4, it says, because he had been often bound with fetters and chains. The word often bound means they had already attempted to bind him on multiple occasions, but they could not keep this man bound. It says he had been often bound with fetters and chains. The word chains describes handcuffs, that which was bound around his hands or around his wrist. But the word fetters is from a Greek word which describes chains or cuffs which are wrapped around the feet. So this man is literally bound hand and foot. But the Bible says he had been often bound. They had done this oftentimes with him, with fetters on his feet, chains on his hands. But the chains, that's what's on his hands, had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces. When the Bible says the chains had been plucked asunder, plucked asunder means to tear in half, to sever into two pieces. Well, the particular chain that we're talking about is like a solid band of metal which went around both of his hands. This man was so demonically energized, he had the ability to pluck it in asunder or to rip it in half, to sever it into two pieces. And the Bible says the fetters which were on his feet he had broken in pieces, which is the Greek word suntribo, which means to crush or to grind to dust. It's the same word used to describe the smashing of grapes into wine or the grinding of bones into dust. This man could rub his feet together so demonically, so powerfully that he could reduce the metal to dust. So he has severed the metal on his hands. He's reduced the metal on his ankles to dust. And the Bible says, neither could any man tame him. Have you ever met anybody in a situation this bad? This is the worst I have ever heard of. And in fact, the word tame is the Greek word demazo, and listen to what it means. It is a word which means to domesticate. No man could domesticate him. It means to subdue or to bring under control. No man could subdue him. Nobody could domesticate him. Nobody could bring him under control. It is the very word used to describe animal trainers who were experts at capturing and domesticating the wildest and most ferocious beasts such as lions, tigers, and bears. Normally, these animals would maul or kill a person. But skilled trainers were able to take the wildest animals and domesticate them. But not this man. This man could not be subdued. He could not be controlled. He could not be domesticated. Or the King James Version says he could not be tamed. So really, when you study this text, it's quite amazing. This was a man who was in the grip of an unclean spirit. His mind is so filled with oppression 
His mind is so filled with thoughts of death that he has left his home, and now those thoughts have driven him into the graveyard where he is housed among the tombs. He's in the grip of a foul, unclean, filthy spirit which may have come into him through the avenue of unclean thinking. It's really what it implies. They've tried to bind him with handcuffs. They've tried to bind his feet. He rips the handcuffs in pieces. He grinds the fetters on his feet into pieces. Then they brought in wild animal tamers to try to domesticate him. And those who could tame the most wild and ferocious beasts had no success. They were unable to domesticate or to tame this man. That is how wild he was, how oppressed he was. It is amazing. And verse 5 says, And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. When the Bible says always night and day, the Greek literally means always constantly throughout the nighttime and throughout the daytime or perpetually when it was dark and when it was night. It didn't matter what time of the day it was. This man was in the tombs, again, nestled among the vicinity of death. And what was he doing there? He was crying. The Greek word kradzo, which pictures an agonizing scream, an agonizing scream. This man is really tortured. This man is under the power of oppression. The devil is controlling him. He is oppressed of the devil. He is so miserable. He is crying. It is an agonizing scream. And the Bible says he's cutting himself with stones from the Greek word katakopto, which means a downward gash. And there really are two possibilities here. He may have been trying to commit suicide, and he may have been trying to liberate himself of these demon spirits. This man is truly in torment. But look at what verse 6 says. When he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. The word ran is the Greek word treko, which means to run swiftly, to run speedily without distraction, or the man made a dash for it. When he saw Jesus, he literally dashed out of the tombs. He ran as fast as he can. This word treko means to move your feet so fast that they're nearly not hitting the ground. This man is moving as fast as he can to get to Jesus. And in fact, the verse says he worshipped him from the Greek word proskuneo, from the word pros, which means forward, the word kuneo, which means to kiss. This man made a dive toward Jesus. He made a dive toward Jesus. But now wait, wait, wait. If he's really that oppressed, if he's possessed, if he's full of the devil, you would think he would run away from Jesus. Isn't that logical? But this verse says he ran toward Jesus. Well, the explanation for this is in Luke chapter 8, verse 29, where Luke the doctor tells us from time to time the Spirit would catch this man. In Greek, it is the same identical Greek word for epilepsy. It does not mean this man had epilepsy, but his demonic infestation behaved like epilepsy. So you have to think about epilepsy for a moment. If a person isn't epileptic, he doesn't live in a continual seizure. In fact, sometimes... You don't even know that the person has epilepsy. They just behave normally, and then suddenly they have epileptic fit. This tells us this man sometimes was in his right mind, and then suddenly the demon would seize him and would throw him into a fit. That's exactly what this means. So when Jesus comes to the other side of the lake, at this particular moment, the man is in control of himself. He's still living among the tombs. 
He's in a very bad situation, but the demonic powers have subsided. And when he sees Jesus, he recognizes who Jesus is and he makes a dash for it. This is a man who really wants to be set free. The word worship proskuneo, he dives towards Jesus. This man is really expressing himself the best that he can. He's making a dash for Jesus. He's worshiping Jesus. And as he lifts his face and lifts his voice to speak to Jesus, that is when the demon spirits catch him. And rather than him expressing himself, the demons begin to speak through him. And the verse says, he cried with a loud voice and says, what have I to do with thee? Jesus, thou son of the most high, I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. The word adjure is really a religious term which means to pray. I call this the day the devil prayed. The devil now is praying, torment me not. The word torment, the Greek word basinizo, which means to torture or to torment. But the form that is used here describes incessant torment, incessant torture. Jesus was doing something that was causing this demon to say, stop tormenting me, stop torturing me. What was Jesus doing? The next verse tells us, For he said unto the man, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. The Bible says he said, the Greek literally means he kept on repeatedly saying, which means the first time that Jesus spoke to these demons, they didn't come out. Jesus didn't walk away in defeat. He just kept persistently saying, come out, come out. I said, come out. I said, come out. I said, come out. And when he says, come out, the word out is the Greek word, ek, make an exit. I'm telling you, I'm not leaving you till you exit this man, you unclean spirit. The word unclean, again, is a Greek word, which means you foul, stinking, filthy, vile thing. I'm telling you, make an exit. And Jesus kept on saying, and kept on saying, and kept on saying, and kept on saying. Religious leaders had given up and walked away. Those who bound prisoners, they gave up, they walked away. Those who tamed animals, they walked away, but not Jesus. Jesus said, I'm not leaving until this man's desire has been met. And the man expressed his desire when he ran toward Jesus. He was doing the best he could do to say, I want to be free. And finally, in verse 9, Jesus asked him. The Greek says Jesus interrogated him and said, what is your name? And the demon said, my name is Legion, for we are many. The word Legion is a military term which denotes at least 6,000. But look at verse 10. And he, that is the demon who was speaking, besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Verse 11. Now there was nigh into the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. The word swine is the plural version for a pig or a hog, which was considered to be the lowest, basest, and most unclean of animals. And verse 12 says, suddenly all the devils, so now it's not just one devil speaking, but all the devils, there was a legion of them, 6,000 of them now are simultaneously speaking through the man's mouth. Imagine what that would have sounded like. And all the devils besought him saying, send us into the pigs, into the hogs, that we may enter into them, which means demons are so foul, they're even willing to live in a hog in the most base, the most unclean of animals. Verse 13, and forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into. When a demon goes out, it's always looking for something to enter into. And the verse says, the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, the filthy, stinking, base, most unclean of all animals. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. 
about 2,000 of them, and they were choked in the sea. When the Bible says they ran violently down, it means to uncontrollably and wildly rush forward. And when the Bible says they choked in the sea, the word choked really means they were choking before they even got into the sea. It means to strangle or to take someone by the neck. The man had not been killed by the demons. Isn't that amazing? He was living in the vicinity of death. He was housed among the tombs. He was crying in agony. He was cutting himself with stones. He was living a miserable existence. But the demons were not able to destroy him. You know why? Because he had a mind and he had a will. This man did not want to be destroyed. And as long as you have a will to be set free, you can resist anything that's working in your head and in your emotions. This man was demonstrating his will when he ran toward Jesus. Even though he was confused, even though the demon spoke through him, Jesus saw this man wanted to be free and was demonstrating a fierce desire to be set free. And Jesus responded by saying, I'm not leaving this man till this man is liberated. And that's why Jesus kept saying and kept saying and kept saying, come out, make an exit, make an exit. I'm not leaving till you come out of this man. And look at the result. In verse 14 and 15, and they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. Verse 15, and they came to Jesus and see him that was formerly possessed with the devil and had had the legion. Now he is sitting, he's normal, he's clothed, he's normal, and he's what? In his what? Right mind. This word right mind means to be of sound mind, to be reasonable to be balanced and level-headed in the way that one thinks to think rationally. The tense means he was continuously in his right mind from that moment forward. And here's the reason I have shared this today. If you are one of those who says, well, I just can't control my mind and I just can't control my emotions, you need to quit lying to yourself. You have the ability to resist that. If you want to resist it, you can get to Jesus. You can apply the Word of God if this man who had a legion of demons could make a dash towards Jesus and be set free, anybody can be set free. There is hope for anyone, for you, for your child, for your grandchild, for your friend. Anyone who will make a dash towards Jesus, Jesus will stay with them until their mind and their emotions are liberated, set free, and they are healed. I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you. What does it mean to be oppressed? How do you know if you or someone you know is oppressed? What can you do to help those whose minds and emotions are oppressed? Nearly everyone has experienced a bout of oppression or knows someone who is struggling with it right now. Wait no longer to get the answers you need. It's all right here in this five-part series, Healing the Mind and Emotions of the Oppressed. This five-part series covers what is oppression? What are the signs of oppression? What did Jesus say about oppression? How does Jesus set the oppressed free today? Available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $10, you'll learn how to walk free or how to help someone else walk into the freedom God wants for them. In addition to this teaching series, you can also get the book Sparkling Gems from the Greek Volumes 1 and 2. In these books, Rick unlocks the brilliant treasures within God's Word and shows you how to live an intimate, uncompromising life with God. In an easy-to-read devotional format, each volume of Sparkling Gems explores more than 1,000 in-depth Greek word studies and is sure to inspire and provoke you to plunge deeper into what God has for your life. 
Call now to order Sparkling Gems 1 for just $40 and Sparkling Gems 2 for only $45. Don't miss this special offer, healing the mind and emotions of the oppressed and Sparkling Gems from the Greek Volume 1 or 2. Call now or go to renner.org. Call or go online now. Hey Fred, this is Rick Renner and I want to give you a report about our ministry expansion project. As I've told you, our ministry is literally bursting at the seams. People are responding to us from all over the world. They're tuning in and listening to our teaching on television, on YouTube, in all kinds of media, and they're reaching out to us for prayer and for resources. And because of that, we need a new facility in Tulsa to accommodate all the souls that God is bringing to us. And at the same time, we are constructing a brand new TV facility in Moscow because we have outgrown this space. Now we are doing five to seven live broadcasts a day and we simply need a new studio. So at one time, we need a new studio in Moscow. We need a new building in Tulsa and you have done so much to help us, but we still have a ways to go. So I'm asking you to continue to pray about being a part of the giving team to help us achieve this monumental victory in our lives. It's not about buildings. It's never about buildings. It's about people. The only reason we need the space is because God is graciously sending us people and he is entrusting us to minister to them and to respond to their needs. And I think you know that in our ministry, we're very serious about ministering to those who reach out to us. Every day I sit in this chair and I bring teaching to people that I believe they can trust. We're told in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 21, that the lips of the righteous feed many and I know that is my assignment from the Lord. And when you're a partner and when you're a part of the giving team to help us purchase the new building in Tulsa and to build the studio in Moscow together, we will bring teaching to people that they can trust and the word of God will change their lives. And I want to say thank you for your help. And if you've not helped us yet, would you please pray about becoming a part of the giving team to help us achieve this monumental victory in our life. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. So far in this series, we've seen what is oppression. We've seen the various levels of oppression, how to demolish a stronghold. And today we've looked at an extreme case of oppression and we've seen there is hope for anybody that really wants to be set free. And tomorrow, I'm going to show you how you can minister to those that are oppressed. But if you need prayer, we're here for you right now, waiting for your call or for your email to show up in our inbox. We want to pray with you and we'll do it right now. If you'll ring the number or if you'll send us an email, we would love to pray with you. I'm offering you my series called Healing the Mind and emotions of the oppressed. Anyone's mind and emotions can be healed. You can walk free if you know how. That's what this series is about. It comes with a great study guide. We're also offering you my two books, Sparkling Gems from the Greek, number one, and number two. These books are simply outstanding. You can feed on them every day. They will support you. 
They will undergird you. You'll become stronger and stronger day by day, page by page, order one or order both. Do it today. I know these books will make a difference in your life. And again, if you need prayer, call us. Call us right now. We're waiting to receive your call. But Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. If you could set free the demoniac of Gadara, you can set anybody free. And my friend, I speak to you in the name of Jesus. Surrender that area of your life, that part of your mind that has held you captive. Take it to Jesus. Make a dash for the word of God. Make a dash for the power of God. Jesus will stay right with you if you are serious and he will set you free. Your mind and emotions can be healed. I speak it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being with me today. It's been so good. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power.